Jackson Roll, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. It is Wednesday night as I'm recording this pretty late. I don't know if you can hear it in my voice, but I'm pretty sick, so I'm going to keep it low. I'm uh, going to do my best to get through this one, but wanted to talk about the season opener and how this Nuggets team, they have just come out, and I think it's it's very surprising that the way that they played, the intensity, the intensity that they played with, the ability to get into their stuff against a really, really good basketball team in the Phoenix Suns, uh, it was very, very impressive. They take care of business on the road in Phoenix. They win this game 110 to 98. And it really felt like the game was over with about two to three minutes left. And it was just really good to see this team. They have started well sometimes, and they've started poorly sometimes in the past. And last year, they started poorly with the way that they handled the season opener against the Sacramento Kings. This time, they take it seriously. They go into Phoenix, and they are attentive, they are effective, and they are efficient in how they played. And the attitude was great as well. That is probably my biggest takeaway from this one. But I'm going to start... With the starters, Jokic and the starters in this one. Second segment will go uh, Will Barton and the bench because I think that that change was massively, massively helpful. And then kind of general takeaways in the third segment, more philosophical than anything. But let's start with the starters and just how incredibly strong they were on both ends of the floor. Uh, Nikola Jokic goes 27 points on 13 of 22. Only had one of six from three, uh, but he had 13 rebounds, two assists, two steals, three turnovers, and was a plus 28 in this game. Plus 28 against a team in the Phoenix Suns. Though when he was out there last time, they were just kind of doing whatever the heck they wanted. So the fact that they come into the season opener tonight and they play the way that they did Jokic kind of leading the way, being in very much in control, comfortable taking the shots that he took tonight, uh, just being as steady as he always is. That was a really, really encouraging sign. The one three that he did hit, he, most of them didn't go down, but and nor did he go to the line, but the one three that he did hit was the buzzer beater to end the first half. And Denver had gone down after the bench came in, and I'll talk about them, but Starters come in, they play really well, they get a lead. Bench comes back in, they give it all back up and then some. And the starters at that point, they were struggling to uh, retain their momentum and and to get back the momentum in this game because Phoenix had done such a great job of controlling it, of taking it away and not giving up. But the Nuggets went on a run right at the end of the first half, and it was capped off by a buzzer beater by Nikola Jokic, the only three he hit on the night, contested by Chris Paul, contested by DeAndre Ayton, and he hits it. And that cuts the deficit from 10 to 7. And at that point, you felt the game wasn't out of reach. It almost felt out of reach before. I nearly said in the second quarter, yeah, this game's done, because Denver just doesn't have it. But they started chipping away. They chipped away really well in that second quarter. Uh, the starters did. And then in the third quarter and fourth quarter, they just turn it on. Jokic being one of the big players there, 
Denver only gives up, I think it was 40 points in the second half and 16 in the fourth quarter. Jokic was really good defensively too. It was very positional, tightened things up in the second half, had plenty of contests on different shots. And it felt like the Suns weren't attacking him with the same efficiency and effectiveness that they normally did during last year's playoffs. So that's really exciting. That's a really, really good thing to think about uh, if you're Denver. An engaged, impressive Nikola Jokic on the defensive end is the next step in his evolution. We've talked about that before on this podcast, and I think that he can get there. And Michael Malone said as much. He compared him to Marcus All, said that Marcus All was very capable of being a great defender even later into his career because of how smart he was, how positional he was. Jokic can do those things too. And the fact that he's gotten into as good of shape as he has, it's a really good sign of what's to come. Michael Porter Jr. Let's talk about him next. I'm going to save Will Barton for the second unit, though he was the second star tonight. Michael Porter, strong performance on both ends of the floor, I thought. I was a little bit worried about this one. If you you heard my podcast with Dave King, uh, the previous one previewing this game, I was very worried about how Porter would respond to being put on an island, to being ta- trying to be taken advantage of defensively, being put into rotation consistently, and he just stuck with it. He just did everything that he could to shuck that narrative and push it aside. I was really impressed, and I, th- I think it started on the offensive end with him, where He only had 15 points. He only had 10 shots. But the decisions that he made as a playmaker tonight were really, really good. He had five assists. He was crowded by the Phoenix Suns tonight on uh, a lot of shots to the point where he, he was really struggling to get some shots off because they were crowding his airspace as much as they were. That was the game plan from last year's playoffs, and he felt like he had to be a scorer. Well, tonight, he ties a season high with five assists. Uh, Not season high, career high. Season high is game one, so of course it's the season high. But five assists for Porter. 15 points on 10 shots. Didn't have that many turnovers. I think he had, uh, if I'm not mistaken, just just two. Um, But a five to two assist to turnover ratio, you'll take that every single time. And not only did he do it on, on that end of the floor, he also grabbed some rebounds. He also got some, like he got the assists, but he also grabbed some steals, got his hands into the passing lanes, uh, two steals, six rebounds, and was a plus 24, second on the team tonight in plus minus. And that includes a, a staggered stint at the end of the third quarter where he was out there and Jokic wasn't. I thought he was very impressive tonight. Didn't get off as many threes as you probably want him to, but with his... With the way that the Suns were playing him, I thought that he responded really well. And finally in this, let's go go Aaron Gordon next because he's another guy that you have to talk about was plus 22 in this game. 12 points, 8 rebounds, 4 assists, 1 block, a very, very important block that, yeah, probably could have been called a goaltending, but it was 50-50 enough and the way that Denver had been playing, they had captured all the momentum, especially defensively. That the 50-50 call went their way that time, and that's great. But his defense and his ability to switch 
up and down the lineup, whether you're switching on to guards and Chris Paul, uh, Devin Booker, or you're switching on to bigs like DeAndre Ayton, his ability to play both of those positions well was just so important for this Nuggets team. It's not going to show up in the box score as much because when he switches, it's usually others that get the steals and the blocks and uh, they, they take advantage of the good defense that he's playing, the good positional defense that he's playing. But it was a really, really good game tonight for him. And then to cap it off, he has 12 points on six shots, five of six from the field, one of one from three, one of two from the free throw line. The one three that he did hit was on an MPJ pass. It was in transition. Michael Porter cuts through the lane with the ball in his hands and kicks it out to Gordon in the opposite corner. Had enough space that he took a rhythm dribble, got the shot up, nothing but net. It was great. It's That's exactly the formula that you want these two players, these two forwards to use going forward. Porter doing things all around expanding his game. You know how talented of a shooter he is. The Suns broadcasters, I was listening to them, they were in awe of some of the shots that he was hitting. And he didn't even take that many. And Gordon, they were in awe of the physical, well, not in awe, they were actually annoyed with him because of the way he was getting into it with Jay Crowder, the way he was getting into it with basically all the Suns. Gordon was the guy on the court that he was not going to take anything. He was not going to take any of the garbage that they were dishing out. And he treated it as such. It was really good to see. Uh, Having a spine like that, having the ability to be the intensity guy on the team and be the physical guy on the team, it changes the tone when he's impactful, when he's active, when he's doing stuff. But not necessarily scoring, not necessarily passing. It's when he's getting into the grittiness of it, getting the steals, getting the blocks, getting it under the skin of the opposition because of how well he's playing, how physical he's playing, how difficult he's making it for the opposing team. Gordon was doing that all around tonight. And I think less is more with him, where he focuses on that stuff, doesn't necessarily focus on the offense. And it's going to come. It's going to happen. It's really impressed. And then Monte Morris, last one before we go to break. Started slow. Wasn't looking very good. Chris Paul was going off. And then Monte flipped a switch. Hit some threes on the other end uh, in the third quarter and fourth quarter. Hit those shots on the wing. Two of them on the right wing. One of them on the left wing. And it just opened up the rest of his game as much as it did. Uh, stayed aggressive in that. And then he was also pretty good defensively. Chris Paul was making some good plays on the offensive end in the first half, but really slowed down in the second. I thought that a lot of that had to do with Monte Morris. It was Barton too. It was Gordon too. It was a team effort, but it started with Monte. I thought he was excellent. You need Monte to stay aggressive. And to continue to prove that he's willing to be, that he's out there for a reason. That he is a guy who is just as deserving of the opportunity as some of the others behind him that people are clamoring for. And Monte was very steady. Despite the fact that the shots weren't going down in the first, made up for it in the second, made some big plays. 
Let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about Will Barton and the bench. We'll be right back. We're back. Pickaxe and roll. Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much for tuning in. Really appreciate all the love and support. Game one. First game of the season. Really exciting. Uh, it was very annoying that this game on ESPN, you had a double overtime, or I think it was an overtime game, but uh, you had an overtime game, or maybe it was double, uh, in the first uh, leg of the ESPN doubleheader. And of course, you have to go to these other streaming sites, these other ways to... Uh, find this game just so that you can watch it. But uh, it's very frustrating, but all the same, Denver performed very well on both ends of the floor tonight, uh, especially in the starting unit. But the bench did have their moments. It just happened that the moment wasn't in the first half. And it's, uh, it's very interesting that Denver led by a significant chunk when Jokic left in the first quarter, and then the bench, just kind of in the opening, gave it all back. Uh, the Nuggets ran out a five-man bench unit. They ran a 10-man rotation tonight. Uh, Faku Campazo, Austin Rivers, PJ Dozier, Jeff Green, and Jamichael Green. And a lot of people are going to be like, where's Bones Highland? And I, w- I was one of them. I thought that he deserved to play, and I thought that this was the right game for him to play. And I suspect that, I don't know if Malone was asked this on the post-gamer, but Bones debuting in a game against the Phoenix Suns where Chris Paul, you guys remember back to when Emmanuel Moutier was in his rookie season going up against Chris Paul and the LA Clippers. If Chris Paul immediately gets under your skin and immediately rattles you, immediately welcomes you to the NBA by abusing you, getting off on the wrong foot and getting into a different mentality would be pretty bad. So maybe this was the right call that, hey, you don't start, you don't play Bones in the first game because Chris Paul would absolutely try to eat him alive. And Bones may or may not respond and you, you just don't know. So you control what you can control. Put the veterans out there in the first game. Give them the opportunity. And it, it didn't go well. Jermichael Green played every minute that Jokic sat. So his minutes are a pretty good approximation of what the bench unit looked like most of the time. And in the 13 to 14 minutes that he played, the bench was a minus 16. Now, most of that, if not all of that, came in the first half, where I think he was a minus 20 if I'm not mistaken, and or maybe it was, it was relatively close to that anyway. And Jokic comes back in. They they still give up some points. The, the starters kind of get back in control towards the end. Uh, the bench unit was much better in the second half, and I think the formula was the stagger. So let's talk about what happened in the first half, though. I don't think it was Jermichael's fault. So let me, let me reiterate this, that it's not Jamichael Green's fault that he was just the guy that kind of uh, definitely is kind of the representation of the non-Jokic minutes. That's just the way to get the number. Uh, but something wasn't working, and there just wasn't enough scoring with that group. And I think that you can say that Austin Rivers getting the nod over Bones Highland uh, played a part in that. 
Rivers was a minus 13 in eight minutes, one of three from the field, 0 of two from three, just a struggled to make threes in the early going of this season, preseason, season opener, has really, really struggled. Uh, the Suns, they were shooting with confidence. Uh, by contrast, even with Denver having a pretty good defensive unit out there, Faku Campazzo, Austin Rivers, P.J. Dozier, and the Greens, uh, Dos Verde, as Matt Moore likes to call them, even when a good defensive unit was out there, it just wasn't very impactful because the Nuggets were getting into situations with that group where they were just not scoring over and over and over again. And the Suns ran hot at the same time. They were making some contested shots. It didn't matter that Austin Rivers and Faku Campazo and PJ Dozier were near Cam Johnson when he was just stringing threes over all of them. When Chris Paul was in transition, hitting shots on switches, hitting shots over P.J. Dozier. It just didn't matter. But they were playing with confidence. And and you give a team confidence when they know that they're going to get stops and then they get to go on the attack. That was pretty tough. Faku wasn't great either. Uh, Did get a couple nice hustle plays and some passes here or there, but he just still is a mess with the shooting. I'm, I'm going to have to go back and look at the numbers, but uh, it was 0 of 3, 0 of 4, if I'm not mistaken. 0 of 3. 0 of 1 on his 3. Wasn't even close. Had a couple bad turnovers. Did have 4 assists. Did have 2 steals. Did grab some rebounds. So it wasn't all like a negative thing for him. But the Nuggets need somebody with that bench unit who can create, who can create off the dribble for themselves and others, can kind of run the unit through them and give them a little bit of structure because that's sort of what they lack right now on the offensive end. Like individually, all of those guys are good bench players. They can definitely impact a team. But when you put them all together and you don't give them the proper structure where somebody needs to step to the forefront, somebody needs to like think of it from a usage rating perspective. 100% of the usage goes to all five players. If you cut that into five separate pieces, then you have 20% usage for each of those guys. You've got 20% for Faku, 20% for Rivers, for Dozier, for the two greens. And that's not how it should work. And I don't think that it's going to work like that going forward. I think you saw Jeff Green taking some additional responsibility. I think you're going to see PJ Dozier take some additional responsibility. But Faku's going to be under 20%. Rivers is going to be under 20% as well. Jamichael Green, probably under 20%. They tried to run an isolation post-up for him. Not a great plan. Not what I would be doing. Especially like it's not even a mismatch when they were running it for him. So pretty uh, pretty stark contrast in, in the the pecking order for that unit versus the starters. But then comes in Will Barton. And Barton had been having a pretty good game. Uh, Been doing pretty well. Had made some shots. Had made some passes. Getting involved on both ends of the floor. But he really had to change his mentality. When at the beginning of the third quarter, he comes out just a little bit early. Because Michael Malone knows that he's going to play him with the second unit. And the Nuggets, they had Will Barton or Michael Porter on the floor at all times in the second half. And I think that made a big difference. 
Barton was able to take just another level of playmaking and scoring to help everything else fall into place with that second unit. Had 20 points, 6 rebounds, 5 assists, and it had some really important plays in that fourth quarter, including a really nice move against Jay Crowder to kind of silence what the, the Suns were doing kind of in the midst of their comeback attempt. And then he hit the corner three to really ice the game. Just some very, very important plays for him. Had some really nice defense on Devin Booker all night. Devin Booker goes three of 15 from the field, two of seven from three. One of those threes was kind of a a rebound and then Bart wasn't in the picture anymore, so can't really be blamed. But Booker had 12 points on 15 shots. Barton had 20 points on 14. And also was more involved as a rebounder and passer and defender. It was just really, really impressive performance from him. And you love to see that because when he's healthy, he's impactful. Especially when his mentality is good. When he's aggressive. When he is wanting to break down the defense Because he can use that as a way of getting others involved too. But I hope that Nuggets fans can learn to appreciate Will Barton this year. Because what he just did was a great approximation for what he could continue to do for the rest of the year. It may not be 20 points all the time. It might be closer to 15, 16, 17. But I think he's going to have a really, really great year. And a lot of it is going to be him being the hero for the bench unit that really, really needs it. In years past, they didn't need a hero. This year, they do. This year, they absolutely need somebody who can step up. I know Nuggets fans want that to be Bones Highland, and it might someday be. But for now, Will Barton gets the credit, and deservably so. was just awesome tonight. P.J. Dozier hit three threes tonight, three out of four, played solid defense, grabbed some rebounds, etc. Jeff Green, as I mentioned, Uh, He's going to take a larger role. His ability in the pick and pop, uh, just as a good screen setter and a good pick and pop option, really, really important when playing with Barton and Faku, who like to hit the pop guy. He hit multiple threes, three of six. And then his defense, when he's switching out onto guards, switching out onto forwards, switching onto the bigs, that is a really, really helpful aspect of this Nuggets group. This team's going to be really good. Like, think about this group, and then add Jamal Murray back in. Like, good lord. There is so much talent on this roster. Bones Highland didn't even play. There is so much talent on this roster from top to bottom that even though the bench, it doesn't look ideal right now, all you do is stagger one of your starters, whether it's Barton, whether it's Porter, whether it's Murray eventually. You loop in Bones Highland on occasion. P.J. Dozier takes a leap. Monte moves to the bench. And good lord, this team's really, really good. So I'm, I'm very excited. I'm very encouraged by the way this day kind of opened up. The Suns will be better. They'll figure it out. They'll figure out some things. They'll shoot a little bit better. But they still shot 38% from three. They shot eight more free throws than the Nuggets did. But the Nuggets turned them over 18 times. And that's really exciting to me. Let's take our final break. When we come back, we're going to talk about sending a message to the NBA. We'll be right back. 
All right, final segment, pickaxe and roll. Thank you so much for tuning in. These uh, game recap podcasts are probably going to be in the 30 to 40 minute range, just so people understand. I feel like that's the right amount of time to get across what happened. And if there is a, uh, if there's something important that happens or if I have on a guest that I might definitely run longer, but just for the information, it's going to be about 30 to 45 minutes most of the time. Let's wrap up things by talking about sending a message and just how this game really sort of sets the tone for how the Nuggets are going to approach the season. I keep thinking back to last year, where I know that there was some bubble fatigue, and I know that Porter was sort of getting involved, and like he, he started a few games and then came off the bench after that, and But the very first game last year was against the Sacramento Kings. And Denver looked bad. They looked talented. Jokic looked really talented. Murray, oh, Murray actually looked awful in that game. I think he was one of nine. And then got ejected or something, if if I'm not mistaken. Um, But he looked really bad. And the team, while it looked very talented and while it's just clear that certain things weren't clicking and they let the Sacramento Kings score at will. And the Sacramento Kings are talented, don't get me wrong, but for whatever reason, this team was just really struggling with them. And then they give it up in overtime. They give up a buzzer beater in overtime, just like on a a very fluky play, but the vibes were just so off and it led to a pretty bad start. And Everything was really difficult for Denver for at least the first few weeks where they had to learn how to not panic and kind of straighten things out. And then you transition that into tonight where you're without Jamal Murray, you're going up against the team that was just in the NBA Finals last year. They're pretty healthy. Like, I don't think any of the Suns outside of, I mean, yeah, like outside of Dario Saric, they played JaVale McGee in his place. And outside of that, they were healthy. You had the full Suns. And they just weren't as good as the Nuggets tonight. Denver got the shots that they were looking for. They held the Suns to under 100. Denver's starters were a double-digit positive across the board. Jokic was a plus 28. Devin Booker on the other side was a minus 24. The Nuggets found their formula. They knew exactly how to push the buttons that they needed to push. And they were talented enough with this group and motivated enough with this group that they were able to impose their will on the road in a tough situation against a team that punked them last playoffs. It was a straight-up punking. 4-0 four, four guy. Uh, Suns and 4 guy. That's, that's what I'm talking about. It's a very great enca- encapsulation of what the Suns did to the Nuggets when they didn't have their best punch. And I thought that it was very impressive. and or maybe, maybe not impressive, maybe more illuminating. That the message from every player tonight, except Jokic, because... Jokic doesn't care. He's just going to approach every game like it's a game and like it's there's nothing special about it. He doesn't feel pressure. He doesn't feel that level of uh I I don't I don't know what I'm trying to say, but he he just doesn't treat it like that. 
every other guy was like, yeah, this matters to us. To get a win in this building over this team really mattered. And Jokic, while he didn't say it, still had the mentality that it did matter. Gordon and Crowder got into a dust-up. They had to be separated. Gordon was pretty upset that Jay Crowder was flopping. And Jay Crowder, despite the fact that he kind of plays a tough guy, looks like a very tough guy, uh, he flops more than almost any tough guy I've ever seen in my entire life. So I understand why Gordon was a little bit miffed. Jokic and Booker. I didn't get a really good angle on this. I, I the, the game, the channel that I was watching didn't really show a good angle. All it showed was Jokic pushing Booker. But that didn't lead to any of like the, the actual confrontation. They got double technicals on that particular exchange. And what that really says to me, the way that Denver kind of handled this game, the way that they were being physical, attacking the Suns at the point of attack, forcing them to make plays around them, but not letting the Suns go through them. I thought that was really, really important. The Nuggets weren't having any of it. They were very confident with their primary group. They knew exactly how to execute their game plan, and they executed. I just can't, I keep coming back to how Denver approached last year versus this year. Like I said, it feels a little bit different. It feels like this team is just much more confident in themselves this time around. Porter's integrated for one more year. Aaron Gordon's integrated after an offseason. They know who they are. They know what they need. And the urgency is just very, very refreshing. Maybe Denver can use that urgency. Maybe they can use it to get off to a good start. Denver has a really, really tough start to the schedule, where their 20 games, I think, are more tough than any other team's first 20 games in the NBA. So going 12-8, and 13-7, 14-6, that's a really, really good sign. It also means that if Denver were to go 500, then it's nothing to like, like you don't panic about that, especially given that Denver's without Jamal Murray, that they're in this situation where they're still trying to figure out who they are. But it almost seems like they have. It almost seems like they've streamlined that process just a little bit. There are some things to figure out. There are some things to clean up. Thought that there were some good moments for Porter, some bad moments for Porter from a uh, from a defense perspective. Thought the Jokic and Barton and some of the guys, there were some 24-second violations on the offensive end that probably didn't need to happen. I think that there are some rotation things, especially with that second unit, that probably need some figuring out. And whether that's introducing Bones Highland to the rotation whether that's just going with a nine-man group, cutting out rivers and bones entirely. If that's what happens, fine. But there are definitely some things to try. There are definitely some things to try to navigate. And maybe the good feeling is just a one-game thing versus the Suns. It's definitely a possibility that the Nuggets... It's definitely a possibility that they are simply motivated more for this particular team in this particular scenario than they're going to be for the Spurs at home. 
I think that's very likely, actually, that you might see a little bit of a letdown performance in the home opener. But here's the thing. Barton looked great. Barton looked like the guy that you're hoping for him to be in the place of Murray. Put up a line in 26-5 and five on 8-14 of 14 and 4-8 of eight from 3 that you could see Jamal Murray doing that absolutely. Just replace Barton's name with Murray. And it looked pretty similar. Looked pretty good. Gordon was all around great. His impact, absolutely very, very helpful. Switched onto perimeter guys, switched onto interior guys, did everything that he needed to do to kind of glue this thing together. Michael Porter, he adapted his game. He's always been known as kind of a one trick pony ever since coming into the NBA, where he's a great shooter, great scorer. Doesn't really do much else. Well, he did a lot else tonight. Got a couple steals. Got a few assists. Just did a great job of impacting the game in ways that weren't by scoring the basketball. You can carry that over. And then Jokic. 27-13. and 13, Took it to DeAndre Ayton. Took it to anybody else that was matched up with him. And looked great doing it. Looked very engaged, very impactful, even on the defensive end. It's exactly what you're hoping for from your leader, where he sets the tone immediately. First game, tough matchup, this team, go do it. And Jokic faced down those demons and hit DeAndre Ayton with some sauce tonight. It was wonderful. I love seeing it. I think that this is a great sign for things to come. And... Hopefully, the Nuggets can take it into the rest of their season and beyond. Maybe this is the year, folks, but it's still just game one. Take it one game at a time. See if they can go get a win on Friday. That'll do it for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Thank you so much for tuning in. I will probably have an episode up tomorrow sort of breaking down this game a little bit more in detail, uh, some things that I thought were important, maybe doing some rotation stuff. Uh, as much as I do that, it should be very interesting to hear uh, what Michael Malone does on Friday as well. So I'll have a game, a, a podcast up for that as well. So make sure to keep it tuned in here. Make sure to follow Denver Stiffs. Do every uh, Check out everything that we're doing over there because we are very, very active as always. So thank you so much for tuning in and talk to you guys very soon.